Blog Talk Radio. sometimes challenging, but it's really very easy to do. What do you think your next encounter with a kindred spirit will mean to you, your family, the world? Do you wonder if those encounters really mean anything at all? Does whatever you opt to do in a given moment really make a difference? Does the way in which you respond really keep you in alignment with what you are meant to do? Yes, Yes, it does. It's easy, it's heartfelt, it's gratifying, and it's necessary if you truly want to bring deeper meaning into your everyday life. If you do, keep listening. We're going to talk about this in just a moment. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audio books and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. 
My guest is entrepreneur, professional speaker, and author Robert Clancy. At an early age, Robert had immense compassion for humanity. He commits his life to assisting others, whether volunteering, helping them to succeed, or even just offering a friendly smile. He is a husband, father, fourth-degree master black belt instructor of Taekwondo and managing partner of Spiral Design Studio, one of the largest full-service graphic design and web development firms in the Northeast. So join me, please. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you for joining us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am being outstanding. So thank you so much for having me on the show. I am you're laughing. Not many people count actually uh, catch the being, <laughs> but you did, yes. and I'm glad. <laughs> it's important to note there is a difference. Yes. Which I think so. so <laughs> you know, your book is yes. <laughs> your book is filled with so many stories that, you know, they not only inspire us, but they also allow for reflection so that the reader can think of how the story relates to similar instances that they've encountered in their life. At least that's what I got from the book. What was the catalyst for you writing this book? Well, I'm so glad that you picked that up because that is an important point in the book that you do get those (laughs) transcendental encounters and that it is to lead you to reflect on your own life. And what led me to actually put this book together was a a friend of mine who was also a fellow volunteer. And she said, I had so many wonderful stories that um, through my experience with not only volunteering, but just with people in general, that I should write a book. And she was inspired and said, I'm going to write a book. She still hasn't put her book together and I'm on my fourth (laughs) one now. So um, that's uh led me to be an author. So that's how it kind of came about. But it was really from these incredible encounters through volunteer work and and the aftermath of that or that experience of me reflecting on those things through encounters that I had with people after the fact. So that, that was really the point of the book was to bring that to light. And you did it so well. You know, it's funny. I've I've been volunteering since I was a child, and I find that it is so gratifying and it brings such joy to your own soul and truly, truly does keep you in alignment with what you are here to do. And people will often say, well, I don't have time to volunteer. And I'll think that's really sad because if you volunteer for just one thing and you allow yourself to become immersed in it, not so much so that it takes away from the rest of your life, nobody's saying that, but just when you're there, actually be with it and immerse yourself in it. You walk away with so much more than you put into it, and things will shift in your life completely from the onset, from the very first time. At least that's what I have found. Have you found that to be true as well? Absolutely, and you brought up a a critical point. One is that people feel like they don't have time to volunteer, And I feel Mm -hmm. volunteerism starts the second your feet hit the floor after you step out of bed. And it starts with Mm -hmm. your own smile. And you share that with yourself. And then you go out and share it with the world. So for the busy professional that that has no time, when it becomes part of your life, and even just sharing that simple, uh, you know, just is the comment or a kind word with somebody, um, just a reach out a hand to ease somebody's life, that's volunteerism. It starts there. And everybody has time for that. And I found that, you know, bringing this into my life, it became part of it. It's almost like your own DNA that um, Mm -hmm. I don't find it as extra that takes away from my family. I found that it enhances it. And my son, for instance, is into Cub Scouts and then he went out to Boy Scouts. So I volunteered to be part of the, you know, the leadership of the troop and the pack because it only gets me more time with my son. I'm also helping other um, sons that are out there, you know, and mentoring those boys to grow up to be good people. And you're doing something for the community because they're out there doing these projects to sort out food at, at a local pantry. And then we delivered it to people that were shut into their apartments and, you know, elderly and just all those things. I mean, they went out and cleaned the gravestones in the, in the cemetery nearby that needed, you know, to be uh, fixed and just all those things. But you know, it became part of my life, and it's not an extra thing, just uh, part of the routine. So that's how it really, you know, I've brought it in or, or kept it in check and balance is the key word. 
Yes, balance always is the key word. And volunteering, it absolutely enriches your life. It it brings you things that you never thought or could imagine would come your way. Opportunities come up because of volunteerism. I've seen it over and over and over again in my life and in other people's lives. I have been offered various you know, different types of things to do, positions to take, uh, so many opportunities that come up. And you can't take them all, but you can certainly do a lot of them. And it really, you just can't believe it. You just know when that's happening, this never would have happened if I didn't. And you can go back and, and actually point to the exact moment in time. If you didn't do that, none of this would be where it is right now. So I think that, you know, a lot of it brings us to a place of, it brings us to a place of peace in our own hearts, and it brings us to a place of, as you said, service for other people. We're always in service. I, I know when I deal with clients sometimes, they'll say, well, I don't do anything that's in service. And I'll say, okay, you, we need to really rethink this. We're starting at <laughs> basics right now because <laughs> everything you do is in service provided, provided you're doing it from that place of love and, and it's heartfelt. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And it, it's, you know, I thought of uh, one, two words that brought that up. It's true gratitude. And yes. the gratitude comes from helping others and being content with all you have is being at peace with all you are. And all you are is to be kind and to bring that love into other people's lives. So, yes, you, you definitely hit, hit a hot spot there with really how it works. And it's a reciprocity. What you put out comes back tenfold in ways you can't even mm-hmm. count or imagine, not only with abundance, but just the, the energy that comes back from that and helping people, they will remember you. I had somebody come up to me and I had volunteered for the muscular dystrophy association. And I, I kind of went on the phones and I was in there, you know, just collecting it. And I, I, it was fun because you're on TV or you get pizza and you're, you, have, you know, we were laughing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, just having a good time. <laughs> I I never thought about what I was doing, you know. I was just doing it because I enjoyed it. But it was a couple years later that this young, uh, well, this uh, elderly man in a wheelchair told me about a young man. And I met him in an elevator, and he he knew my name, and he shook my hand, and I couldn't place him. And he said, I know you. You're you're Bob, and you worked uh, the telephones for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. He says, I know you. You may not know me. And he told me about a friend of his who had passed away in his mid-20s. And I was probably about 27 at the time. And I thought, what did I do with those three years or four years that this person didn't have? Who was I kind to? And it was written on my face. And he said, no, I'm not telling you this to make you feel bad. He would have died when he was 14. But every year that he lived, he thanked the people who worked in, in, in honor of his life and to help him. And you're one of those people, and he knew your name. And that blew my mind. I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I broke down, and um, he turned to me and said, you know, without people like you around, there wouldn't be people like me around. And that stuck with me. And I didn't tell anybody about that encounter for six months. I held that in, and I was just, I walked back to my office, and I thought, wow, that was one of those soul hitches. That's when I just had a life experience, and I never thought about the people and think about the people that, you know, each of you and your listeners have touched just by being themselves out there. And that's what volunteerism, it all comes down to that. And, and our place in the universe is, is the place of kindness. And that's really where it comes from. And that's so true because when you, you know, when you think about the things that you say and do, we never know how that impacts someone and let me let me retract that because we always learn usually when we do something that affects someone in a negative way but we don't always learn when the impact is good and i firmly believe that we need to tell people when something is good that they've done and like that gentleman did and that story is in your book i loved that story yes and when i when something happens and I will say thank you to someone. I will sometimes follow up, depending on what it is, I will sometimes follow up and say, you have no idea what you said 
to me did for me. Thank you so much for that. Nobody acknowledges that. They only acknowledge the negative. And we have enough of that in this world. We really need to just concentrate on the positive and try to give people stroking because maybe that's the only good thing that's going to happen to them that day. Maybe they're having a really not great day. And if you smile and say thank you, but not throw the thank you away, really look at them and say thank you so much. And walk away that could be the best thing that happens it's such a small thing to do but the impact is huge it's just huge absolutely and that smile you mentioned is a tool that we carry with us every single day and how often do we not use it (laughs) and i think about Mm. that because i walk out of my door and I'll, i'll go into the mall or on the street and i'll smile at people and and nod and say hi or just those little acknowledgements of your life. And you know where I had my most profound experience with that was with a homeless person, because think of how they get it Mm -hmm. and not even sharing that with them. And I had, you know, an awakening with that. And it's the tool that you carry that smile. And here's another one. Do you smile when you're alone? How many people don't do that? And that's where your (laughs) smile starts because It's everything within you that you're going to bring out there. And, you know, when there's no light for your day or it seems like it's all dark, you bring your own sunrise. And that sunrise starts with your smile on your face because when you walk out the door with that, you will bring the light to others as well as yourself. And and I always look at that, that everything, you know, is a metaphor to me. It's just let's bring the light out. It's true. It's true. And it's, it shifts your energy. So if you're having a bad moment or if someone is having a bad moment and you just smile, you can't help it. You'll smile and it shifts your energy and they will start to smile and you'll see their energy will start to shift. It's automatic. You can't, you can't have two things going on in your brain at the same time. You can't be positive and negative at the same time. It's impossible. So you may right. as well make the choice because it is a choice. You know, we have a choice. Do you want to be sad or do you want to be happy? And it really is quite a lot of work. It's very difficult to do the negative part where it's so easy to do the positive and yet, it's so often that you see the negative going on. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, there's, there's, um, I always think about negative people because they just need an, they don't, they just need an unconditional love tune up. <laughs> That's what's going on with that. And, uh, you know, I talk about, you know, negative people are generally attracted to you because, you know, you have so much You're positive negative. energy in that. <laughs> it makes sense or, or the, you know, they come to you, but, you know, each of us are born with this unique set of instructions for our life. And I find that each of us have a unique a, a talent that we're best at. And we need to find a way to exploit it for the greater good of humanity. And that's really kind of where a superhero evolves from that. And if you look at those, uh, you know, in the comic books, they come from that place. They They got this gift and they try to make something good out of it. And each of us are led to that place of love through those directives. And Everything ends up there. It's all roads will lead to that as long as you make the effort. And you touched on something else. It was the free will part that each Mm -hmm. of us have a choice every day. And I was just talking to, we have a a foreign exchange student. So I have a new son in the house with my other son and a long story, but it was like within (laughs) like 48 hours, we were supposed to get, you know, next year, but he needed to move from the house he was in. And and so now we're, we're, our whole life just switched over and we were just having this conversation. And I said, You have a choice every day you walk outside and how you choose to paint the world because you start with a blank canvas. And I can Mm -hmm. choose to go and end my life. I could go and make somebody's day really bad or I can make things great. And that's the choice that we're given because we have free will. And that's really what it comes down to is use that free will and you bring love and it comes back and that beautiful energy will flow back into you tenfold over. You know, it's. I have always thought that love was easy, and then I learned that not everybody thinks like me. (laughs) (laughs) I really think that love is easy. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't come with challenges. It does. You know, I just find it easy to put love out there and just be the love. I've... I've never thought it was a difficult thing to do, and I think that people make it hard. They put conditions on love, and you just mentioned a moment ago, you know, unconditional love. And people put conditions on love, and they sometimes don't realize it. And this is to the detriment of themselves. 
So I will cut people slack, particularly friends, <laughs> a lot of slack, if they're bringing their ick to me. And, you know, you may have a disagreement of sorts, and all of a sudden the other person is either passive-aggressive or they're out and outright mean, just mean. And I, I don't do mean. I, you know, that doesn't sit well with me. So <laughs> when someone's mean, I kind of put them at arm's length, and I still love them, but now I love them further away. And <laughs> it's not you're not the front line anymore. You're further away. I still love you, but you're further away. And I think that when that occurs, you know, you have a right to take that stand. It's not that you're really putting a condition on the love. You're just saying, I can't take that negativity and I need to, because we need to be true to ourselves. And you're not true to right. yourself if, in fact, you're taking on someone else's stuff. If they're upset about something and they're going to act out the part of a petulant child and do the passive-aggressive <laughs> thing and not respond to you and, you know, and, and almost use it as a punishment. That, come on, you know, I mean, right. that's just not right. So you need to back off from that and say, okay, and either have the discussion with them or cut them the slack, and then if it continues, say, you know what, I don't need to be around this person that much. I don't need to do things with this person or go places with this person or talk to this person. And the funny part is when that happens, the universe is, is a great provider because things will happen where something will come up and you're scheduled to do something with that person, and all of a sudden they can't for some reason. And you think, oh, wow, okay, mm -hmm. universe just saved my butt. Thank you very much. <laughs> so it's true, right? Do you see that? Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it, it's almost like people hold back because they feel like if I'm giving them this, they're going to hold something over on me. And right. I've always viewed it that the only thing that should ever come between your heart and another's is that love. There shouldn't be mm -hmm. any barriers. Love doesn't have walls because it can't be conquered. Love is always open because it has no limits and, and it has no borders. It's just an open thing. And when you embrace that, you can release people in love uh, if they're negative and, you know, I'm human. I, I have those where you're like, ah, they drove me crazy and I can't, you know, you're, you're pining on it and it, it comes back to slap you later. <laughs> you just release it with love. You let them go because they're no longer part of or needs to be in your life at that time. It's just not the timing's just not there. And I found yeah. people get very frustrated when it comes down to that, um, where they feel like if I'm going to give them that unconditional love, they're going to hold that over me and they're going to do something with it to ruin my life or uh, control me. And it, it has nothing. You're actually releasing their control by doing that. Yes. And and but they don't realize it, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. And the only really the from what I've seen, the only place that I absolutely see unconditional love, and I always thought parent to child, but I know that that's not true. There are conditions; otherwise, there wouldn't be dysfunction. And there's a lot of dysfunction out there. And the only place where there's really truly unconditional love on almost every level is when you see animals with human beings. There's animals that are treated horribly they're treated absolutely horribly and yet they still go back to that master they still go back yes. to their owner and they still love that owner and that it is so heart-wrenching because some of the things that people will do to animals is just yeah it, 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 there's just not even a word you know and but if we had unconditional love in the world, the world would be very different. There would be no divorces. There would be no dysfunctional families. <laughs> so it's something we all have to work at. But it is an awareness, I think, of just start with the people that you're in relationships with. You know, you, you're not going to necessarily give unconditional love to a stranger. But sometimes it is easier because you don't know what's going on in their life. So it's easier to offer them a smile or say something nice like have a nice day and walk away and really say it heartfeltly because you don't have to see that person again that day. So starting <laughs> small, I mean, right? Am I right? You yeah, start small. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Then, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm just, this is just me. <laughs> but I'm getting this feeling through your book that you get the exact same. I read it and I thought this is just the way that I think. This is, these things occur and, and you put that, 
those that out there, the love out there and see what will happen with it. But then nobody, no one on the planet who's sane would expect anyone to do anything in the name of love that's detrimental to themselves. So if we're all intelligent enough to understand that, you would never expect that in the name of love. Right. right? Okay. Absolutely. And the, the thing that I found is saying the things, um, you know, in the last, I'd say several years, I've started to say what's really on my mind and on my heart to people and it's things they need to hear. And I spoke to somebody who lost a child and I know that that is, that's just the grief and the, yeah. And they, they had um, other things going on. So there was like lawsuits and things like that. And, and I said, what would your child say to you? if They were standing next to you. They'd say, why, Ma, you know, why are you doing this mom? I'm fine. You know, think about what they have. And I, I know they're on the other side and they're in all that love. And a week later, the woman messaged me and said, I made the turn and I'm able to share the love I have with my child with everyone else now. And that was just a beautiful, beautiful experience. And and just saying what's on my mind, what they need to hear and not holding back because I feel like, you know, I was holding back many years of my life, not saying things to people. You know, my friend, um, I, have a, I have a really good friend I've known since third grade, and he's battling cancer. And I just mm. called him and said what I needed to tell him. I, you know, he was having a very bad day. And I said, you know, when I saw him, his kids had it written on their face. His wife, you know, she had it written on her face. And what I said to him was I called him, you know, after he went back home because he lives out of the area. And I said, I saw that pain on your family's faces. And I said, you need to be strong. Because you have a legacy, and it's in those hearts that are right in front of you. And what do you want to leave behind? Dad couldn't handle this, or Dad went out fighting. Dad went out with a smile. Dad went out the way that I knew that he was going to be. I said, we all don't know how much time we have, but think about what you have, and it's right there in front of you. So never lose sight of that. And I needed to tell him that, and he thanked me. He just said, I needed to hear that. Yeah. That's a hard thing to say to someone, too, in that position. Right. And I knew it needed to be said, and I just said, okay, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bite the bullet and do this. I know it's not going to be easy. I don't know how he's going to react to it. And, you know, it was a beautiful experience. And yeah. from that point, I learned, you know, really, you got to say what's on your mind. you got to say what's on your, you know, and mind and heart together. <laughs> so I'm saying not just unconnected. Right. <laughs> Well, from that place of love, as you said, it has to come from your heart and difficult things can come from your heart, but they can come from your heart in a way that's not totally mean or it can be, it can be not pleasant, but it can be, you know, just heartfelt and, and so that the other person understands so that it's not for nastiness or to get back at you or anything. I I do a lot of hospice work and, you know, when I'm alone with the patient and they're asking a question, I tell them the truth. And it's hard for families to tell the truth. They're like, oh, yeah, you're going to be coming home soon. Not the home that the patient's thinking about. Right. They're not going to go back to the house that you, you know, live in. They're going to a different home. Yeah. And it's difficult, but because of that, they, can, they're, they feel a little freer. The patients have told me, you, you let me let go of things. Thank you. And right. I don't think that's a bad thing. At first, I thought, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> you know, because you learn <laughs> as you go through it. But then I thought, this is horrible. I don't think I can do this. But then you learn that you can, you can help them a little bit so that it's an easier transition for them, you know. And, and right. I really believe it is. I really believe it is. And it's, but it's just got to be heartfelt. It's difficult to have conversations sometimes, but you have to do it for your own good and for the good of the other person and so that both parties can move on. Now, in your book... You quoted Jesse Jackson when you wrote, the only time you should look down at someone is when you are helping them up. That is a beautiful quote. And the story that followed, I know that it is about helping a stranger. But as I read it, I thought this is also useful in relationships that you have with people who are not strangers. Because sometimes people will start to get that haughty feeling that they're better than someone else. And when that happens, it's really time to look in the mirror with a higher magnification because, you know, 
I don't care who you are on this planet. You're no better than anyone else, and no one is better than you. We're all equal. It doesn't matter what your job is. We are all equally important. We came in with a journey for the greater good of all, and we all have a piece or a part to play. And no matter what that part is, it's important to the whole. So instead of looking down at people and thinking, well, I'm better than them because I'm richer, I have a better education, I have a better job, I have more opportunities, I get to you know, do whatever it is I get to do, and I can't learn from another person, especially if you're new to something, learn from the other person and don't take what they're telling you so personally. Allow yourself to learn from them and just know that, okay, nobody's better than anybody else here and move forward that way and that you're helping each other up. So I loved the story, but I also wanted to to say that it, it was it, it's a great story for strangers, but I think also you can take away from it for relationships that you have with people in your life. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I had that profound experience with them and it's, you know, I, I stopped looking down at people um, or at least I try, you know, I try my, right. my hardest. I'm, you know, it, it's something We're that human. I was, yeah. yeah, but I was in, you know, uh, California and I was walking along a boardwalk and there was a homeless man there and he wasn't asking for anything. He was making, something and then you know you'd basically give him money if you wanted to take one of those things i just stopped and talked to him for a few minutes and i think that was more than than the payment of anything because people were just ignoring him or or really like circling around him almost like he had the plague you know and just avoid yeah. and i've stopped doing that because i see so many people and i i saw this beautiful story of this man in uh, india who would go out and wash the feet of homeless people in India. And he, he just did these amazing things. He'd go and feed them and do all these things for these people. And that is like unbelievable uh, compassion. I, I mean, yeah. I was just, it brought me to tears just seeing it. And, yeah. you know, when you hear home, you know, finding your way home is like looking for a lighted pathway. But the journey is so much greater when you can light that way for someone else. And that's what it is. It's about helping others up. And when you can help somebody back to their feet through kind words, through whatever you can do, that's what life is about. That's why we're here. Every act of kindness matters. It almost, to me, it feels like it feeds what I call heaven on that side. And this is my view of Every act of kindness is like a note that we play in this beautiful piece of music. And when you play these notes, they become an unending symphony sung by a choir of angels for eternity on the other side. And all of that is waiting for you when you do these acts of kindness. It's, it's like you're creating the music. You're writing it. And it feeds the universe. And if it doesn't, it's like the light goes away and everything goes into a black hole. So... <laughs> I'm going to try to light as many of those candles as I can and keep that because it's almost like putting another star up in the sky. And every time that you do that, you're lighting something out there. And it's not, it's funny because when you, when you think of the other person, it automatically becomes part of you. People think, well, you know, I run into so many people that it's all about them. It's all, we live in a society where a lot of people, it's all about me. It's all about me. And I think, oh, okay, don't judge them. It's okay. They just don't know. <laughs> you know? And, but I do, I do think if, when you do for someone else, you're doing for yourself. So when you're lighting that light for the other person, do you really think you're not going to get the light? Because you're standing right next to it. You're lighting it. You know, go go in a room and turn on a light. Is only the room lit and you're not? No, you're lit too. You know, you get to see more because you turn the light on. So, you know, it's you're doing it for for a great reason to help other people, but it automatically comes back to you. And as you said earlier, quite typically tenfold, not just. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no equanimity here. You know, it's like it's, right. it's tenfold that it comes back. So I, I don't know. I um, I see things going on particularly now this year with, with all the political campaigns, and I can't bear it. I can't watch the TV. I can't listen to it on the news. I don't want to know. I, You know, we're trying to get rid of bullying, and yet I see it. Now, I'm not on Facebook, so I don't even know how to do Facebook. 
I don't, I think there's a wall. People say there's a wall in Facebook. Okay, people throw stuff on a wall. This yeah. wall that people put things on creates more bullying. It creates more dysfunction and more problems in relationships than anything else I've ever encountered. The people who are on Facebook who are over the age of, let's say, 40 are acting like they're in high school. Because all I hear is, did you see what they put on Facebook? Oh, my God, they said this. I know they were talking about me. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> don't you have anything better to do? <laughs> and that's why, know. you know, I put up, yeah, the page that I have has over 300-some thousand people on it right now. And it grows by about mm-hmm. 1,000 to 2,000 a week organically. And all I did was I said, I am only going to put positive things that are going to help people on my my wall, as you say. And okay. I put them out there, and every morning I write one of these. And I've had people message me who said, I was planning on committing suicide today, and I read what you wrote, yeah. and I changed my mind. And I can't yeah. put a price on that. It's priceless. No. And it's beyond, yeah. you know, there's lives that are changed or helped through that. And so I just said, as much negativity out there, well, I got to do something. So I set a goal to write one inspirational thing every day for a year. And that was back on December 1st, 2012. Well, I haven't stopped. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't missed a day. Yep. And they're all original words. I, I write what I feel when I wake up in the morning and the words are already written because my heart writes them and I just wake up and there it is, the words, and I just post them. Oh, my God, that's beautiful. See, now I wish I could get on Facebook. I'm actually not allowed to get on Facebook. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can go on Twitter because I post them on that or Instagram, too. I put it on all the different social media. I'll have to do that because to me, you know, social media, I use it for the radio show. That's pretty much it. I don't want to do the high school game. If I, you know, I, I don't, I didn't like it in high school. I don't like it now. I don't want to play that yeah. game. But something like this, that's so important to, because every time you put a thought or a word or a written form or oral out there, it just helps everything to get brighter and brighter and brighter and erase a lot of the negativity that we have going on. So that's a really wonderful and beautiful thing to do. And as I said before, you don't know what you say, how it will impact a person. <laughs> now, you only know how it impacted that person because they told you. And they said, right. I was going to commit suicide, but I didn't. That is priceless. That is absolutely priceless. And what a great feeling to know that your words had that impact. If that's the only thing that you ever accomplished, which we know it's not, that would be a lot. Right. So think about how many times you say something to someone or you have an attitude and you take an attitude and you don't really listen because you're too busy thinking about how you can get back at the person and say the next thing and, mm-hmm. or how you want to shame someone or bully someone. Why? Why do you want to be mean? I don't understand mean. I have difficulty with that. I should get someone on the show who can explain what is mean. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't. I don't get the point. Yeah. You know, I don't. And I don't like fighting. I don't want to waste brain cells fighting. Life is short. It's really, really short. And the, every day that goes by, it gets shorter. And you're gifted with I, each day. Go yeah, ahead. it's a lack of control. That's what I think it comes down to. Because I, as you said, I'm a martial artist. So I, I've actually got my fifth degree black belt in Chantu Kwan Hap Keto as well. And what I've learned through all of that is it comes down to self-control. And controlling your your body in a certain way and how you use your your voice. And when you get out of control, that's when things come out of your mouth or whatever Mm -hmm. happens that you're not in control. And I know the person who does this, they immediately feel guilty as soon as it happens. I've Mm -hmm. been there. I know what that feels like. And it's like the mercury goes up a thermometer and it goes all the way to the top. And then you're just going to let loose. um, And it's like a release of all this, whatever spills over and you need to just put it back down and take time. And it's taken me many years of my marriage to be able to, to, you know, when we get into the same, that cycle and you're going, why are we doing this again? This little dance of this, uh, whatever, you know, and just kind of give it a second and come in and say, I meant this. I didn't mean to do this to you, or this was what my intention was. And I'm sorry it was read the wrong way. And we've had these great discussions in the last few years like that where, you know, my wife said, thank you. Thank you for, for bringing that to me because I I was here and this is what I was doing. And 
when you have that meeting and you can bring it back down to just to make sense because, you know, you will say stuff beyond or feel and you just rise that mercury up in your head. And the martial arts has really taught me to put that somewhere, take that energy and you can push it over here. Right. And when you're having that type of a, a situation within a marriage or a friendship or whatever, and you go to the person and say those words and say, this is what was going on. You're communing with that person on a soul level. I firmly believe that. Right. Absolutely. And you, it's, it's speaking truth, you know, to yes. truth releases your heart and it, it's the grace. And I wrote these words yesterday. This was my quote. It was, Speak truth to release your heart gracefully. No truth, for your precious heart is forever held in that beautiful grace. And when you feel the truth on the truth of the universe, the truth of love, and the truth of everything, it needs to also be on your own tongue and your own heart. And the wonderful part about it is, is you know, when things make you smile, make your face smile, that's great. But when your heart smiles big, I love that. That feels so good. It feels so much better. You can do it. You can conquer the world. You really feel like you can go out and do anything. And, you know, one of the, uh, one of the quotes in your book is from Gandhi, and, and I love this. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. Because when you lose yourself in the service of others, quite frankly, you're also serving yourself. It always comes back to you. It always comes back to you helping yourself too. And that is just something that people don't, they're not taught that. It's unfortunate that no one's really taught that. But I am seeing more and more there are organizations being set up, nonprofit organizations that go around to schools and teach things like this. And, and you know, your book is filled with these wonderful stories that would really be great to be incorporated into some of the things that they teach in schools because people will think, well, only these types of things happen to special people. And we're all special, okay? Everybody's special. But when they say special, they mean like celebrities and stuff. That wouldn't happen to me. And yet, Robert Clancy, before you wrote your books, you probably weren't any more well-known than the rest of us. So these things happen to you. People can relate to that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, it's been an interesting journey to, to take this and, and put it out there because I've had some friends of friends say, you know, they'll meet me and they'll say, oh, my God, I follow your posts online. <laughs> and I was at this event and I just got done speaking. I was the keynote and the MC for this, this event for Community Service Awards. And at the end, I see these two young women and they're standing there and they kind of had their shoulders a little dipped and they it's almost like a humble stance. And they came over and one of them said, I follow your posts online. And I brought my friend here tonight because I wanted her to speak to you because a good friend of hers was killed in a motorcycle accident yesterday. <sighs> and I know you would have oh the right God. things to say to her. And with tears streaming down this girl's face, um, I, I told her it would be okay. You know, and I, I, I walked her through her grief and I told her, Letting go of grief is not letting go of your loved one. It's creating more room in your heart for the love that you have for them. And if you have a lot yeah. of grief, then you must have a very big heart. And it needs to be filled with that love. And she had tears streaming down her cheeks and, and thanked me. And so just being out there and keep putting these positive thoughts and, and words out, and that's all I want to do. And, and if it brings fame, the only thing I want to do with that is to further that message with that. And that's the only point of it is that it'll increase the reach because I want this to go, yeah. this light or this positivity to go as far as it can. And I'll take it to whatever level it is. So, yeah, it's been a, been a great road and I'm enjoying the, uh, the walk and just how to touch people's lives. And, you know, I know you, you, social media has a negative connotation because some of those things, but it also has that incredible reach. So if the negativity yes. can go that far, I figured the positive can far outweigh it, and I will do that. Yes. And I will spend the rest of my days doing whatever I can using any kind of technology or whatever it is to to get this out as far as it can go. And it will go further because I, I firmly believe that light totally takes over dark because when you, when you want to, you know, you walk into a room, it's dark, you turn on a light, 
the light right. goes on and now the room is filled with light. How do you make it dark? Well, you turn off the light, but it's never completely dark. Never. Right. There's always a little bit of light somewhere. So something's squeaking. I mean, unless you're in the center of the earth, you know, and I suppose it could be <laughs> right. an underground room. People can come up with reasons. But I'm like, seriously, just go into a room, <laughs> shut the light off, and, you know, you're going to see light somewhere, honestly, you know. So just to make it brighter, light and, and good outweigh everything else. And it is a great out there. So, yeah, there is a lot of positive to do with social media. I think people sometimes just focus too much on the negative part, which makes me just walk away and say, oh, I don't need this, you know. Yeah. I don't want it in my life. Um, but I agree with you. The more that we put out the positive things, and one way that people can do this, not everybody's going to sit down and, you know, put a Facebook page together or a blog together and, and write something positive each and every day because not everyone has their that commitment, number one, and it's not their journey. This is your journey. But one thing that I found that was beneficial to a lot of people is uh, through my local chamber of commerce, I've um, on their um, board of directors, and we came up with a plan, and I said, why don't we do something, you know, to raise money for the scholarship fund, but also do something that's benefiting everyone, like do a gratitude thing, and they wanted to know what. So we did three different gratitude plans, three different years in a row, the third one being try to write a thank you note either once a day, once a week, once a month, once every two weeks, pick a plan, and then we put a price on it. And people said, well, I have to pay to write a note? And I said, yes, you do. <laughs> you pay to write the note, then you have accountability, and maybe you'll do it. And at the end, we'll do a drawing, and you might win this nice basket of all <laughs> kinds of neat stuff. And they said, oh, all right. And we did it. That one was two years ago. And I chose to do the everyday one because I know I write thank you notes a lot. And people know that about me because they know – you know, it's not often that you get a thank you note anymore. I mean, even for a wedding present or anything like that, you just don't. <laughs> People don't yeah. do that. I'm writing notes for, you know, what you said in the meeting the other day was wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time. Congratulations on your award. Whatever it is, thank you for, you know, whatever the thank you note is. And I did it. The, the I said, I'm going to do the one-year plan. I'll do one a day. And they said, okay. And I did. And I'm still doing it. And it's sometimes hard to come up with one person a day that you can write a thank you note to, you know, because you have to think about that day and who did something that made a difference. But it's so beneficial because when that person gets the note, first of all, you feel good when you write the note. Then that person gets the note. They feel good. Then they typically call you back or email you and say something to you about getting the note and how it made them feel. So you feel good again. It's a beautiful little circle. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I and think that, there's a lot of things people can do. Yeah, the love is, to me, is a circle. It's like that's a model for the whole universe. That's why we have halos mm -hmm. or circles. It's, it's right. an infinite number built in there. It's called pi, and it's a closed shape, yet it has infinity in it, and that's what love is. It's a closed shape that holds everything you ever need. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to access it and be aware and share it. And sharing is huge. Sharing is something we all learn when we're young, but we learn to share things instead of feelings. And I'll go back to what you said a little while ago about you need to say things to people. And, you know, oftentimes I'll type in an email or something to a person that I know, you know, oh, yeah, well, I love you. Thank you. And they'll be surprised, especially if you say it to their face. I'll say, well, you know, I love you. And they'll say, okay, no, I didn't. I'll say, well, I love you. And nobody wants to say those three words because typically it's used for your children or your spouse or a family. But when you say it to a friend, sometimes it really does take them aback. But it is something yeah. that you can put out there. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's such a simple word. And I've really almost like I've meditated on exactly what love is. And it's such a simple four-letter word. And have we ever really thought about what it really means. It's the essence of everything we are and everything we're ever meant to be. It's how we're connected mm -hmm. to the very fabric of the universe. It's how we're connected to each other. And it's a label. And one of the most profound thoughts I had, and I posted this, and it was shared by almost a million people, this one quote, and it was such a short quote. It just said, love has no synonyms because it simply means everything. That's beautiful. You know, you should write a book with all your quotes. Are you going to do that? That is my, yeah, my second book, The Daily Downloads and Fortune Cookies, is at least the first 350. Okay. Um, but guess what? <laughs> I have no, over 54,000 <laughs> words that I've written, so that's about four or five of those books. <laughs> you need to do a series. <laughs> yeah. 
truly, more downloads because from the universe. It's coming. Yeah, and even more. And wait, there's more. You know, <laughs> maybe we'll give you again some knives with it. We don't know. Right. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fabulous. I really do. Especially, you know, I remember as a child, I had a fourth grade teacher who used to read us a quote a day, and I loved it. I loved listening. I couldn't wait till that part of the the day. You know, when she's going to read the quote, and it was right after lunch. Right. We got back, and she says, "Okay, we're going to read the quote for the day." <laughs> You could be the quote for the day. Your book yeah. could be the quote for the day. You know, I'm, I'm serious. Written, no. You know, a, a guy contacted me. He he saw my quotes, and um, he's the head of one of our regional chambers of commerce. But he also does a church sign, and they can only put like five words up there. So he said, "I need inspiration in like five or six words, and it's cold out. So the shorter it is, the better, because I have to put all the letters up." And so my my, I gave him a whole list. It covers them for almost the whole year. Each week, he changes the message out, and people are driving by and seeing, like, my micro, you know, like, quote, down to four or five words. Um, but I just enjoy uh, every morning I wake up. Like, a couple of days ago, I had love is more than any single heart can hold. That's why it's meant to be shared. And just all these things. I don't know. I wake up with um, infinite number of ways to say faith, love, hope, peace, you know, kindness. It's just uh, but you I know haven't what? run out yet. <laughs> No, in each different way, you know, and sometimes people will hear something and they'll get it right away. And other times they need to hear it two or three times before they get it. And other times they need to hear it a gazillion times before they get it. So the fact that it's put in different in a different format or different verbiage just allows for more people to get it. Because somebody's going to right. get it one day, but somebody else is going to get it the other. What you're doing for humanity is huge energetically and and it just it's helping to save the planet because and we need that we all know we need that but the more people who read this and your book covers so many so many different topics i mean we talk about kindness and uh, compassion gratitude love even death all of these topics covered in this book and these stories that you really can relate to you you look at the stories and you say okay that didn't happen to me but you know what did that reminds me of that's the mm-hmm. beauty of your book it resonates with everyone. Each story you can find something in that is akin to something that happened to you as the reader. And I think that's the beautiful part of it because it makes you think and when we and not think, I'm gonna correct myself, it makes you feel. <laughs> because when we go well, when we go from the place of feel, that's a lot better than the logic. I mean I'm a highly logical right. person, but even I know you gotta go from feeling because your feeling <laughs> is so much smarter than your logic. You need the logic to make the decision, a well-informed decision. I get that, but the feeling has to be there with it. And if it's not, you have to be cognizant enough to know that so that you make the right decision. And when you read things like this, these stories that actually happened, you just know that similar things have happened to me and to others, and we can all relate. And you start to conjure up those feelings for yourself so that you can... Yeah, it works. It's a great book. I love this book. It's called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul. The author is Robert Clancy. It is a collection of scenic views of volunteerism, transcendental encounters with kindred spirits, and lessons in compassion. And it's, you know, I like it too because it's, you want to keep reading more. I mean, I think I read it in a couple of hours. I was like, this is a really good book. And then I was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> well, the uh, there are more coming. So <laughs> yes, yes, I know that. And, and you're welcome to come back anytime you want. And with that, I have to say, sure. I can't believe we're almost out of time, Robert. But before yeah. we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and where they may purchase your book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Soul? Sure. Uh, they can go to guidetothesoul.com, and on there I have links to my book page. And uh, you can also just go to amazon.com or Barnes & Noble, and you can order it. Or any bookstore worldwide, even your local bookshop, can order the book and bring it in. So uh, it is out there and easy to access. And it's on Kindle. It's on uh, iBooks on the Apple Store. So there's a million ways you can get it. <laughs> So there's no excuse. Go buy the book. It will do your heart a lot of good. It really will because your face will smile, but when your heart smiles big, that is so much more. It just feels so great to have your heart smile, and this book will definitely do that. So listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. 
We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all as well. Again, Robert, it has truly been an honor having you on the show. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for the beauty you bring into the world as well. No, you're kind. Thank you. (laughs) On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archived list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
Are you there? Truly Are you still there? Robert, are you still there? You are not. Let me call you. <laughs> 